Are you paying more than you should for things that don't really bring you peace? Struggling to meet your financial goals? We can help. Hi, I'm Diane Freeby of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, inviting you to learn how making little changes to daily spending habits can make a big difference. Schedule a free financial checkup today at NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. That's NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. It's time for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish football fix. You already share their values. Why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Ladies and gentlemen. Chuck Freebie and Angelo DiCarlo. Notre Dame wraps up senior day in the home finale with a lopsided win over Wake Forest. And now they get set for a road trip to Stanford and an opportunity to finish not only 9-3 and three in the regular season, but to have 50 wins over the last five seasons. This is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank, does matter. I'm Chuck Freeby. And I'm Angel DiCarlo. We'll have a full breakdown of the matchup with Stanford later in the show. They aren't very good, but they weren't last year either and they beat Notre Dame a year ago. Next segment, our focus on faith, is with defensive lineman Nana Asafo-Menza. This segment, we'll talk about the improvements the Irish showed in the bounce-back win over Wake Forest, as well as some of those people who might be staying and going, and that includes maybe some members of the coaching staff as well. But let's start with the most important detail. This game, next Saturday, against Stanford, 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Yeah, baby! Do you have the Pac-12 Network? Yeah, baby. I don't. (laughs) So, it's available on Comcast through the sports package. Also available on Sling and FUBU. FUBO. 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 You can get a free trial on FUBO if you just heard of FUBO for the first time, but that's the critical thing. Free trial is available. Honestly, that would be my recommendation. Right. If you don't have the Pac-12 network on whatever system you have, just get a free trial of FUBO. It's a streaming service. I've used it before. It's pretty easy to figure out. Do the seven days and then cancel. There you go. Injury update. Zeke Carell still in concussion protocol. Expected back this week. We shall see on that one since he's been in concussion protocol for two weeks. Once you get to a certain point, that becomes problematic. And maybe they want to, who knows, maybe they'll want to sit him out and then really be able to see where he's at because you won't have another game until the bowl game and go from there. Jaden Thomas still not 100% despite playing on Saturday. And Deion Colsey will not be back versus Stanford this week. Those are your injury updates after Notre Dame defeating Wake Forest 45-7. to Another strange game for the Irish, Chuck. It started very slow, and then uh, they bulldozed them in the second half. Entire first half was pretty slow. Notre Dame is up 17-7 to at halftime after being tied at 7 in the first quarter. Uh, but that was kind of what everybody had expected from this game. Wake Forest, remember, had played Duke close. They had played Clemson close. You thought that the Irish may have to struggle before they could get away. They create a turnover with a nice strip sack from J.D. Bertrand early in the third quarter. Riley Mills on the recovery. Cash that in right away with a touchdown pass to Eli Raritan. Then the Irish go onside kick. What was disappointing about that was they didn't really make anything happen out of that, but by that point, Wake had pretty much used all of its chips. I mean, let's face it. The reason Wake Forest got seven points on the board, a seven points is Seemed to upset Al Golden and Marcus Freeman quite a bit. 
is the fact that they had to use a lot of gadget plays, some trickery to get down the field. And once those plays had been used, Wake Forest looked in the bag and said, we don't have a whole lot we can do. Yeah, and Notre Dame's defense once again coming through. And really, they're the ones igniting the offense yet again. And they've given up just eight touchdowns in six home games this season. The Irish offense didn't get going, as I mentioned. And really, until then, when Chuck mentioned that J.D. Bertram strip, strip and fumble recovery by Riley Mills, and they go up by 17. Here's cornerback Benjamin Morrison and head coach Marcus Freeman on the play of the Irish defense this season, and in particular, at home. We knew the talent that we had and how we could play and going against teams uh, that we felt pretty confident. Um, so I feel like when we're here, we're, it's our home stadium. So obviously you want to, you want to protect your home and all off season we had workouts that they protect our house. Uh, so coming into the stadium, you know what it is. Um, and I feel like all 11 guys and all, tw- all 22 guys on both sides of the ball, we know when we come to the stadium, it's, it's just a little different. You know, obviously the defense of football has a special place in my heart just because of the how I've grown up in the game, and, and I was talking to Coach Golden after the game, and I mean, we're upset about seven points, and um, we're really upset about seven points, you know, and, and they did some good things in the first half that really we hadn't seen on film, but the adjustments that we could make, that Coach Golden can make, it's credit to Coach Golden and the staff that they could make, and uh, man, they, they, they have answers. You know, and, and they're able to get the adjustments to the players and the players can go out there and execute. And so I like to be upset about seven points. Let me just throw some numbers out about what Al Golden's defense has done in his second year here at Notre Dame. They are seventh in the nation in scoring defense. They are second in the nation in pass efficiency, fifth in yards per play allowed. Fifth in red zone TD percentage allowed. Remember last year, if you got into the red zone against Notre Dame, yeah. you were scoring. I think they were 130th in that category a year ago. Now they're fifth and also 10th in turnovers gained. Remember the big problem with the Al Golden defense early last season? They couldn't create any turnovers. They couldn't give the offense a short field. They have lived up to the billing here in year two, and now the question is, can you hang on to Al Gold? I don't know if you will or not. His name is being thrown around heavily for the Syracuse opening right now. Al Golden is a Northeast guy. He's a former head coach, uh, did a great job. The Temple football program still exists because Al Golden saved it when he was head coach. Then he went to Miami. It did not work out well. That was not a good fit. That personality is not, no. not Miami. Uh, football, and then he went to the NFL for six years, did a good job there, and came to Notre Dame as as defense coordinator. He's 54 years old. I think he wants another crack at being a head coach. Syracuse said today in their press conference, they're looking for a Northeast guy with head coaching or coordinator experience. Ding! I mean, he's got, he's got it all in that regard. Not the most dynamic personality. I'm not sure how good of a recruiter he is, but at Syracuse, which I'm biased, it's my alma mater, that's a place that you need to be able to turn two and three star guys into right. really good players. Yeah, you're so, not going to get five stars for football at Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's a tough place to win for football. It's been that way really since pretty much I was in school there, which has now been a bit. And they've struggled and Dino Babers got fired. We don't have to talk about Syracuse, but it's just, it makes sense that Al Golden would be in the mix that there. And if he is, Mike Mickens, Marcus Freeman has already said it, could be in line to be Notre Dame's next defensive coordinator. 
Could be. It's not an automatic. And remember, this is the side of the ball, obviously, that Marcus Freeman has experience on. So maybe experience for a defensive coordinator not needed as much as it appears to be needed on the offensive side of the ball. Well, here's my thinking here. If Al Golden left and you decide you do want to promote Mike Mickens, can Marcus Freeman really afford to have very inexperienced coordinators on both sides of the ball? I think if Mike Mickens got promoted defensive coordinator, that would up the ante even more that you might have to make a change on the offensive coordinator side of the ball. So let me just take the opposite side of the argument here for a second. Okay. Were we saying these kind of things about Al Golden last year after the season? Saying what things? Saying how invaluable he was and how he's going to be a head coach somewhere. And in, in No, a, I mean... Uh, last year, the defense was a bit of a disappointment. Right. So, it took the second year, and, and Marcus Freeman made a big deal about this today at the press conference. It took the second year for people to get comfortable in Al Golden's system. I think the thing you have to evaluate when you look at Jared Parker is if they do make a change at offensive coordinator then that would be your third. third offensive coordinator in three years. And what kind of stability does that show for your program? On the other hand, I certainly understand the argument of if you're going to have a first-year defensive coordinator, it would be great to have more experience at the offensive coordinator spot. And is Jared Parker really running his offense? Or because of how late Tommy Reese departed for Alabama – is Jared Parker really running a version of the Tommy Reese offense, but not having Tommy Reese's experience running that offense? Well, and then you throw in the fact that, as you said, Marcus Freeman can help Mike Mickens out on the defensive side of the ball where needed. I don't know if he can help Jared Parker. I don't think get, he can. And Al Golden had the experience to get himself over the hump in year two. I don't know if Jared Parker has experience to get him over the hump in year two. I just think that's an interesting dynamic if Al Golden were to leave, whether or not that that makes it another check in those pros and cons and puts another con on the Jared Parker ledger. And and let's look at the economics of this, because I'm sure that's something Jack Swarbrick and Pete Bavacqua will do, is if, if you're hiring Mike Mickens as a first-time defensive coordinator, you're probably not going to have to pay him what you were paying Al Golden, who is an experienced head coach coming from the NFL, and you were bringing him in to run your defense. So with the money you saved there, can you now afford to get the more experienced offensive coordinator that you didn't spend the money for last year? However, that money may also be going to paying off Jared Parker, who I believe signed a three-year contract when he became offensive coordinator. So it could be a wash in that regard. Correct. All so, right. I mean, these are all facets that have to be considered. Fans sometimes, especially the ones that shout on social media <laughs> uh, about fire the head coach, well, they're not looking at a budget sheet. All right, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union is the financial institution of choice for hundreds of churches and schools. Link your Elevate credit or debit card and your nonprofit earns 1% cash back. Go to NotreDameFCU.com slash Elevate to learn more. Here's one thing we do know. Whether or not it's a third offense coordinator in three years, it's going to be a third quarterback in three years for Notre Dame as Sam Hartman will depart at the end of the season. He got his curtain call as the Notre Dame quarterback at Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday, 21 of 29, 277 yards and four touchdowns. He had by far 
the loudest ovation during the senior day introductions mm-hmm. of the 31 seniors. No one else was close, which kind of surprised me. I know he has come in and people have loved him, despite the fact that if you look at his overall numbers for the entire season, they're not very strong. But I just thought some other guys like a Jack Kaiser or J.D. Or JD Bert- Bertrand yeah. would get would get some more love and uh it's all about the quarterback, man. Well, it's all about the quarterback. It's it's the movie star looks. It's the fascination of the crowd with him that way. He says a, a lot of great things. I just go back to the fact that his 22 touchdowns right now, that's the same as you had from Drew Pine last year. Mm. Drew I, Pine threw 22 touchdowns in 2022, and Sam has thrown 22 in 2023. And how many of those were in your eight wins versus your three losses? And the other thing is, Drew Pine didn't even play the full season last year. <laughs> well, he still has, Hartman still has probably two more games to play. Correct. They even played I Will Always Love You from Whitney Houston on the video board. I think that was actually Notre Dame being self-aware of the obsession, maybe, that the, that has existed between the uh, fan base and, and Sam Hartman. And then post-game... Sam Hartman just tells a wild story about marshmallows, which is a senior day tradition at Notre Dame. I'm walking, and I'm not mad about this. This is incredible. I got a hot chocolate on the sideline. Yes, we have hot chocolate on the sideline. I was done playing. And I'm walking, and some, some girl, and I, they, I, if I saw her right now, I'd know who she is, but I don't know her name, threw a marshmallow from, like, the student section, like, not the close student, like, I mean, it was like a 30-yard shot, landed in my, in, in my hot chocolate, and I'm like, who? Like one of my teammates just did it, and I, I'm like, kind of like, oh, really funny guys. And then I look up, and this girl's going nuts, and she just dunked in there. And then, obviously, ceremoniously, I chugged it. But um, I appreciate you guys. Uh, just want to thank. Um, obviously, they're not here here anymore, but um, obviously, Shorewick and AD and um, Father John, RP, Katie, uh, the media, all the custodians, the the fans. Um, it's been an incredible journey. I know it's not over yet. We got two more left, but um, thank you. To, this is my message of thanks to everyone who's been a part of this, to you guys, um, to everybody. Thank you. Go Irish. Here's the best part. I have an eyewitness who can corroborate this story. I'm walking back to my car after the press conference, and all of a sudden I hear two people behind me talking about, you can't believe what happened. I'm standing next to Hartman, and all of a sudden – Someone throws something and a marshmallow lands in his cup and he starts drinking it. It was unbelievable. And they're laughing and they said, it's ridiculous. I turn around and I go, you tell me this is true? And they're like, who are you? And of course I said, well, I'm on in the media. He just told me, he goes, oh yeah, absolutely. It's true. So there's some eyewitness corroborate, whether or not it was 30 yards. I uh, yeah. I, I want you, Here's an experiment I want you to do in your home. Stand there with Lily and stand 30 feet away, 10 yards away, and see if you can throw the marshmallow to her from that far. <laughs> 30 feet, I think I could throw a marshmallow. 30 yards seems a little. Yeah, little that, especially with no wind out there the other night. Steve Angeli, by the way. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he is continuing to look good now. Again, he's coming in when the other team is beaten down yet again. But three of three, he's doing what he's got to do. Right. Three of three, 17-yard touchdown pass. Hartman also joked that Angeli maybe should hang it up because he's got the best completion percentage <laughs> yes. in Notre Dame history. Because on the season, he's 19 of 24 in six game appearances for 79% completion percentage, four touchdowns, and zero INTs. Does he deserve 
and will he get a fair shot to be the Notre Dame starting quarterback next year? Well, deserve and will are two different questions. I understand. Correct? That's why I asked both of them. And, and here's the thing. It also goes back to the offensive coordinator discussion. Mm. Because if he has his second year now in a Jared Parker system, you would think that he'd have a bit of a leg up on the person, whoever they get, that's coming in. So I would think, depending on all the things that flesh out with coordinators and everything, Steve Angeli will compete for the starting quarterback job at Notre Dame next year. And that's why maybe some of these decisions are going to have to come really fast. I don't think this is going to be a situation. I don't know if if Marcus Freeman wants to switch his offensive coordinator, I'm not sure he could wait to the bowl game. Which may be why there's a 12:30 Zoom conference with Marcus Freeman on the Monday after the Stanford game, and let me tell you from years of experience covering this football team, there's never been a press conference with the football coach at Notre Dame on the Monday after the final game. Yeah, that was very surprising. So it makes you wonder what what that will be all about, unless they're just being very very friendly to the media. <laughs> Uh, freshman wide receivers uh, shined quite a bit. Jaden Greyhouse, mm-hmm. Rico Flores, and Jordan Faison combined for 15 catches, 212 yards, and two touchdowns. You throw in tight end Eli Raritan. He's a sophomore, but obviously has his share of injuries. Three catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown. That's some positive news from a group that has not had much positive things that you've been able to say about him all year. Well, a group that basically got called out in the Monday press conference last week where Marcus Freeman said, we need these guys to step up and contribute. And boy, did they. I, I was really impressed with Rico Flores because he caught every ball that he was targeted on, no matter where it was on the field. I thought Greathouse showed the, an incredible burst of speed on his touchdown catch against the Wake Forest secondary that, Certainly raised some eyebrows. And frankly, who doesn't like Jordan Faison? I, I, to me, he is the guy that has played the hardest snap in and snap out when you see him on the field. I, not to take anything away from Chris Tyree or any of the other guys that have played out there this year, but Jordan Faison goes out there and he looks like a guy with something to prove. I am not saying Jordan Faison will end up having this the same career as this man who went on to play in the NFL for many, many years. But in terms of the start of his career, he's kind of like Golden Tate. Golden Tate, they had to draw plays in in the sand before the during the Purdue game to say, here's how we want you to run the route. This is kind of what Jordan Faison is, is, is about. He's a lacrosse player, just getting the experience. He's just getting up to speed, and yet he's still making all these plays. So it's interesting of what his ceiling is. It feels like it could be very high. Plus, he brought some of that lacrosse fearlessness out there when yeah. he re- was on punt return the other day, too, which gives them a nice alternative to Chris Tyree should something happen. And... You mentioned Great House. Maybe he's finally healthy. It looked like he was. Because that, that hamstring wasn't bothering him as he exploded down the sideline. I can tell you that. Well, because it had to be bothering him. He disappeared for yeah. uh, half of half of the season, and it was all related to that hamstring injury. That's not an easy one to come back, especially for a freshman. So that's good to see what he's capable of. Audric Estime. They kept him in the game. Got over 100 yards. Fifth 100-yard rushing game of his career. 
13th player to rush over 1,000 yards in a season. Now the 19th player to rush for 2,000 yards in a career. Here's Marcus Freeman and Audrick Estime on him staying in for that 100-yard game and this possibly being Estime's last game in their name stadium. I'm never a huge fan of that um, because there's just, you know me, I'm always thinking, okay, this game is over. It's only fair to the kid, but, but you know, we talked about it and, and – you know, we wanted to get him over 100 yards, and I think he ended up having 115. And uh, that was important to us to, you know, possibly his last game in Notre Dame Stadium uh, to be able to get him over 100 yards. And so uh, it was good for him to do that. I haven't made a decision yet, but like you said, it could be potentially my last time. And I know for a fact it was Sam Hartman's last time. It was JD, uh, some of the guys on the defense's last time, a lot of the seniors. So just going hard with them the whole summer, dying and conditioning, just to be able to finish out strong like this and see the smiles on their face and see everyone's family on the field. It was just a great moment and a moment I'll remember forever. I think most of us anticipate this being Audric Estime's last game. For those that don't understand, for running backs, your shelf life in the NFL yes. is so short and it's so risky to um, have an injury. There's so many injuries that happen that you almost have to go when – you're ready to go, and he's ready to go, and that's why most people anticipate that he will leave a year early and head to the NFL. The average lifespan of an NFL running back is less than five years. When I say lifespan, I mean the career that you have in the NFL. So why take another 13 games of hits in the college game? I mean, honestly, I expect this Saturday to be Audric Estime's last game as a Notre Dame running back. Now, that could change if they play LSU in a bowl game. I, I think if they play LSU in a bowl game, given Audric Estime's heritage and where he's from, he would want to play in that game. Other than that, I don't see any way that Audric Estime would play in a bowl game. Here's, here's the thing with Estime. The only thing I think that brings him back is whether or not the NIL money is actually going to be more than a, a lot more than what he projects to be able to make in the NFL for a year or two. If you're saying, how is that possible? Well, you get about three and a half million dollars if you're a fourth round pick in the NFL draft over four years. So that's less than a million dollars a year. Sam Hartman is making a good chunk of NIL money. If they don't go and get a Hartman level quarterback, if it ends up being a guy who's going to compete with Steve Angeli, right. Estime could turn into the guy that gets that big money. Maybe he can get a million dollars in NIL, and it's worth coming back for another year. That's the only way I could see it happening. I still don't think it will, but that's the only thing that could make me come back. By the way... who? Uh, before you go to the by the way, I just want to jump in on this NIL thing. Who would have thought five years ago in college football that you'd need a capologist in your football staff <laughs> to help figure out how you're going to distribute your NIL money, and who's going to get what for which position. But that's basically what the game has become, for better or for worse. By the way, uh, let's 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 listen back for a real snippet to Audric Estime's comments from uh, from post game, real quick. Listen to this. I know for a fact it was Sam Hartman's last time. It was JD, uh, some of the guys on the defense's last time. A lot of the seniors. So, yeah, I think he just confirmed JD Bertrand's not coming back. Which isn't a surprise. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of funny. but It's just the way it works out. We don't expect J.G. Bertram back for a ninth season, but here's a good question. Xavier Watts coming back next year? I think so, based on what 
we saw or didn't see last Saturday, which is he didn't run out of the tunnel with seniors. And he was given the option on whether or not he wanted to be considered a senior for the game because he's a senior academically. He said no, he didn't. Now, again, he's going to get that NFL evaluation. If it comes back with a first or second round grade. Which I'd be surprised. I really would. I know he's had a great year. A lot of his great year has been being in the right place at the right time. It's not necessarily that he's been jumping a ton of routes to get these interceptions. And I honestly think he's a little bit like Chris Tyree. He needs a little bit more seasoning at his position to be ready for the NFL. Remember, he just moved there at the middle of last season. So that'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out, which will be very well, will be very big for Notre Dame's defense, whether or not Xavier Watts returns next season or not. All right, coming up, we'll break down the matchup with Stanford. Remember, the Irish weren't supposed to lose to them last year, and they did. Up next, we're talking faith, family, and football with Irish defensive lineman Nana Asafa-Menza. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix is back right after this. Founded in 2001 by brothers Sam and Levi, Reliance has built a reputation for excellence, providing high-quality home building and renovation services to the Michiana area. From single-room renovations like kitchens and bathrooms to building your dream home from the ground up, everything benefits from their decades of experience. From concept to completion, Reliance makes even the largest projects simple and hassle-free. To find out more, visit ReliancedBR.net. Reliance. Design. Build. Renovate. Welcome to the St. Vincent de Paul Society. From providing food and clothing to assisting with bills and offering support, we're here to lend a helping hand during times of crisis. But we can't do it alone. We need your generosity to keep our mission alive. Call us at 574-234-6000 or visit svdpsb.org to learn more about how you can help. The St. Vincent de Paul Society. Together, we can bring hope to those in need. Our high school football coverage on TV46 has ended for the season, but if you want to see Northwood play for the 4A state championship Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. at Lucas Oil Stadium, here's the way you do it. You're going to go to ihsatv.org. You're going to pay $15, and you could pay $20 and watch all six state finals. But that's how it works. Our high school basketball broadcast season begins next Tuesday, November 28th. Elkhart visits South Bend, Washington, as we kick off another season of high school hoops on TV 46. Welcome back inside Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix. Time now for our Focus on Faith interview with Notre Dame defensive lineman Nana Asafa-Menza, fifth-year graduate student who... He can return for one more season if he wants. We'll see if he chooses to do so or not. This season, 18 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks. He started just a few games in his career, and yet he is a major leader on this team. He's not a captain, but he's a big-time leader. The son of immigrants, his parents came to America from Ghana. Nana grew up in Texas, didn't know anything about Notre Dame, but fell in love with it. Faith is a huge part of his life, and that's why he fell in love with Notre Dame. Here's Faith, Family, and Football with Nana. Asafa Mensa. All right, Nana, let's start with you had a rough start here. You didn't get to play much, and then you got injured. You found your role on this team. How has your role kind of grown, and what has that role meant to you? I would say my role now is really just based on staying true to who I know I am and who people have believed in me to be because it's allowed me to, one, 
be at this great university and meet so many different people and be playing with so many different people since I played with Khalid Kareem back in 2019 to now I'm playing with freshmen like Brendan Vernon this year in 2023. And I know like people on the team now see me as like just that, that older guy, that elder basically. But at the same time, I really appreciate it because I really feel like I can get to the young guys and I can get to the whole team really in different situations of leadership because of I've really been through it all since how I was on the team before COVID hit, when COVID hit, after COVID, and then now how it is. There's been so many changes, even coaching changes, strength coach changes, and so much that I really have an advantage of being able to relate to basically give another upper hand to like a lot of guys on the team that are new here. Leaders are often starters. You've mostly been in a reserve role. How have you ascended to be – how have you had the confidence to, to be a leader? I just really take a lot of faith in controlling what you can control. And, I mean, a big thing for me is I have a lot of faith in serenity. And, like, my mom and I's favorite prayer is the um, serenity prayer. Like, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to say the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. And that's just something that – no matter what's going on in my life, I know what I can control and I know what I can take advantage of. And for the things I can't, all I can do is just wait on it. And all I can do is just really stay true to the time will come for me. As long as I just stay true to who I am and who I know I could be, then the rest will take care of itself. You mentioned faith. Take us through how important it is to you on a daily basis. Faith for me is just something that really gets me through all of the concerns, all of the worries, all of the unknowns in my life. And I'm a guy that's always looking for like forward in the future. I'm a guy that's always just wanting to know what's next for me, wanting to know what's next for my friends, what's next for my family. And at the same time, I will never know the answers to that, like to those um, questions. But at the same time, I know like faith always says, you know, just trust in what the Lord is doing now for he'll you understand later. And when I just read that, I believe that's like John 13, 7. And I believe when I read that and when I see those words, I'm like, okay, all you can do really is just live in the moment. All you can do is live in the now because that's the only thing we can't control. We can't change what happened yesterday, and we can't really determine what happens tomorrow. But all I know is that whatever time it is right now, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I can to be able to make the make the scenario what I want it to be, in a way, if that makes sense. Notre Dame put out a really cool video of uh, the number 31 and what it means to you. For, for people maybe that didn't see that, why did you choose number 31? I chose number 31 because there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs and Proverbs is just a very strong and a very emotional chapter in the Bible for me because it really is one of those chapters that when you can really just go there and look for reasons to reasons to act the way you should and reasons to believe in the times that you're really struggling. And I feel like there's so many, of course, chapters in the Bible that some of them, some people like to go look at Psalms because it's like the beautiful poetry. Some people like to just go look at the parables, which are also great story lessons. But I feel like Proverbs just really, really has a better fitting and a better way of almost adhering and really applying the word to almost any situation you can have in your life. Take us back to the beginning, uh, family uh, growing up and in, in Texas, but you, your parents from, from Ghana. Take us back to the beginning and how what family life was like. So my parents came over from Ghana, and I want to say either the early 90s or late 80s, and my dad came from Ghana to um, California, like Los Angeles area. My mom came from Ghana over to New Jersey. And, I mean, they didn't even know each other when they were back in Ghana. They met each other when they were here, actually on a blind date, which is one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. But... You know, they've been together for who knows how since 1995 now. So, I mean, they're my parents, too. So I love it with that. Like my parents has always been like my rock and our family. We have a lot of cousins. We have a lot of uncles and all that. But we're not like the type of family where we like really visit other people a lot. So it's really just been the two of my me and my parents and my sister. So we've always been 
you know, super close to each other and always relying on each other. And one thing we've always relied on is our faith. And that's when we actually became Catholic. Me and my mom and my sister, when I was in fifth grade, we became Catholic. And that was like just a pivotal change for me and my whole family. Like my mom started teaching RCIA classes and helping out young kids convert over to Catholicism. Me and my sister were at a Catholic school for our first time. And ever since then, I really just found a purpose and found a meaning to like what God is. Cause I mean, I've always been a believer in God, but I never really understood what he can be and be and like do for me in my entire life. So I really got involved in Catholic school. And that baptism, uh, your dad played a pretty important role that day. Uh, he was already Catholic, but take us through uh, how important he was through the process. He was very important. I mean, he was the only Catholic one in our family. Um, my mom was raised Muslim back in Ghana, and then me and my sister were really just non-denominational. But my dad was actually um, godfather, and I want to say the sponsor, too, for our baptism for me and my sister and my mother. And I just think that's because of the pride he takes and, you know, just really being the man of the house and that protector of the house because at the end of the day, like, my dad's love is unmatched by anybody I have else in my life. And the way he always just talks to me, the way he takes care of me, and the way he always has his love for me is just something that I know he takes a lot of pride in and he really cherishes because he's really are the rock of our family. So it's really important to us. Notre Dame defensive lineman Nana Safa Menza joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix as we talk faith, family, and football. How do you end up at Notre Dame? I would say Notre Dame was just the most unexpected blessing that I had in my recruiting process because I really grew up never having a dream school and I never had a school that I knew like, okay, boom, if I get a scholarship offer from them, I'm going. And honestly, when I first got my offer, first got connected with Notre Dame, I didn't even know it was a school besides the cathedral out in France. And when I came up here to visit, I still didn't really know anybody here. When I visited, it was just so much different than other schools I visited from the way the campus looked to the way the classes were formatted to really the people. And I remember when I was here and I was hosted by Jordan Gemmark Heath and Myron Tagaviola, and they just really showed me what it's like to be at Notre Dame from what the guys in the locker room are like to what the regular students are like. And it really just gave me a feeling of how different the students are here and how different the people are here because they really care about who you are, which is bigger than like just being a football player, which is bigger than just being some guy from Texas. It just they want to know your story. They want to know like what drives you. They want to know what makes you happy. And that just really gave me a good feeling that I can come up here and meet great people. And I'm glad I have because I can definitely say like the friends that I've met, even though most of them are gone now because I'm so old now and I'm, all my friends have either graduated or transferred out, but I still stay in connection with them almost every day. And I wouldn't do anything to trade for them, trade for my friends ever in the world. I mentioned earlier about your beginning here and, you know, not playing much early and then getting injured. Was all that that you just spoke about what kept you here and why you didn't decide to leave like so many decide to do in, in situations like you were in? I would definitely say, yeah, like the people in my life and the, pe yeah, the people in my life that I've met have definitely been my rock and they've definitely been the people that really have gotten me through the hardest times. And I could even name off some people you know, like, like Jacob Lacey, Osita Kwanu, Howard Cross. Like those three guys are probably the most – the closest guys I've ever had in my life in terms of just like a friendship. And then there's even like other people that y'all want to know, like um, um, Sophia Laura, Alyssa Dempsey, Olivia Fabry, Aaron Scalco. Like those people have always been in my life since I was a freshman here. And Abby Rossum, like those people have really just always given me a better insight of if football is not going well, like I still have a purpose. Like I still have my being. I still have my reason for why people are loving on me, why people just want to be around me. And they've really just been – a huge, vital, important role to me my entire life. 
How has your faith grown while on this campus, and where are some of those places on this campus that help you grow in your faith? I would say the grotto, but at the same time, I feel like that's such a cliche answer because everybody loves a grotto. But one thing for me that I've always taken uh, that's really helped me keep my faith strong is um, we have our pregame masses. Father Nate will give us these little medals that have a different patron saint on it. And I just really, it really, one, reminds me of how we go to mass before every game. And I know some guys can see that as a drag. Some guys can see that as, like, this isn't motivating. Like, I'm about to go to mass and I'm going to go play a football game. Like, I'm not hyped up. But for me, it's just a time where I can really just, just, like, de-stress, de-worry, and just really just sit in a place where I can listen to a parable that's probably going to change the way I see something in the world and just really have an opportunity to, like, pray to the Lord about protecting all my teammates granting us the ability to go out and play to the best that we can, give everybody time to just travel safe. It's like just a big time to really give thanks for the opportunity I'm in because I wouldn't have thought I was going to be playing college football until I had my first offer when I was 17. And it was something that I never really was chasing for, but I knew it was something that would be amazing if it happened. And I just really would hate to really just take that for advantage and to really regret not being thankful for being having like the blessing to play football. Finally, we mentioned you wear number 31. You also head to num- the 31-yard line before a game for, for one last prayer. What's that moment like before a game? That's just a moment where I can just really look back and thank to the Lord, like all those that are really up there looking down on me and those that I wished could be at these games, watching me from either friends back home or like I have a couple of coaches that have passed away in the past couple of years, a couple of teammates that have passed away. And those are all guys that I knew once I got to the moment where I am now, I would have loved to have them come to these games, sit in the stands and watch me, but I can't. So I just ask God to just really, you know, give them an extra pair of binoculars so they can really just look down on me, protect me, stay in my head, and just really, like, guide me through the game. Nana, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great reflections from Nana. And, again, anytime you can have a guy who does not play as much as 25% of your team be one of your biggest leaders. Yeah. That says a lot about that individual, and that's who he is. He's so well-respected on this team. No, you can tell he's well-respected by the others on this team. Uh, you could tell that even through fall camp, they would frequently bring up his name and the kind of effort that he puts forth, and you just watch the demeanor of guys on the sidelines around him, too. They defer somewhat to him. He is uh, an elder statesman on this team. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if he came back for one more year, depending on what he's doing with his graduate studies. Yeah, it just depends on what he wants to do. Does he want to give a shot at the NFL, or does he have a better chance? Again, going back to... Can he get some NIL money that makes it a little bit better and he, and he gets ready from there? So, well, one of the many 31 seniors that you're going to have to monitor. Only There's only so many that are actually definitely leaving because we still have that one more year of the COVID rule that allows guys to come back for fifth and sometimes, in this case, potentially a sixth year. Coming up, Notre Dame is a 23-point favorite on the road at Stanford Saturday. Have you seen the Irish play on the road? It's the regular season finale. We'll break down the potential pitfalls next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Touchdown! 
Medicare benefits can be confusing, but they don't have to be. I'm Tony Letcher, licensed insurance agent. Imagine being able to explore all your options. I work with many of the top nationally recognized carriers, and when we shop multiple carriers, you could save the right coverage at the right price. I don't want you to be my client today. I want you to be my client forever. Call Tony Ledger today to schedule your free consultation or visit tledger.com. There's nothing quite like that first taste after the grill master has patiently smoked meat for just the right flavor. That meat will elevate the spread at any tailgate party, fall get-together, birthday, holiday event, wedding, company outing, and more. When you want that meal, contact Cotton Gin Catering. They offer real Texas-style barbecue catering. In fact, they're Michiana's best barbecue catering company. Get all the details at CottonGenCatering.com. Welcome back inside Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix. Angel DiCarlo alongside Chuck Freebie. Notre Dame at Stanford this Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff on the Pac-12 Network. Again, if you don't have Comcast, you don't have that sports package, it's also available on Sling and Fubo. You can get a free child Fubo if you want to watch Notre Dame take on Stanford this Saturday in the regular season finale. Notre Dame switching up the schedule a little bit this week. Usually Thanksgiving week, obviously we know they are always going to the West Coast, whether it's USC or Stanford. Often they go on Thursdays. This year they're going to go on Friday. Yeah, Marcus Freeman wanted to try to fly out on Friday and maximize performance. So they're still going to practice here Thursday morning, have their Thanksgiving meal. Uh, Usually that's over at the Morris Inn uh, as a team. But then... Thanksgiving night off for the players, and you get on the plane Friday afternoon and you fly out to Northern California. And quite frankly, over the years, the Irish have had their struggles out on the West Coast. Uh, And Stanford has been a, a thorn in the side of the Irish. They play for the Legends Trophy. But when you take a look at what's looming for this team, having to go on the road has not been pleasant for the Irish this year. The struggle at Duke, the losses at Louisville and Clemson, one wonders just how the Irish are going to fare. And so that was one of the things Marcus Freeman was talking about today, the road woes and the adjustments he'll look to make this week. Obviously, two of our three losses have been on the road. You know, you look at the Clemson game, I've looked at the Clemson game, looked at the Louisville game, and, and you know, we haven't performed to our standard on the road. And, and as I told the coaches, I don't want to make this only a road issue, um, but we haven't performed to our standard. And so as I studied those games, we, we got to start better. You know, I think both of those games, we were down Clemson 7-3 and then uh, Louisville, I think 7 nothing. you know, to start the game. And, and we, we got to, from the first play of the game, have the mentality to, to we're going to have to go out there and win the interval on this play. We can't ooze into any game and so it's my job to make sure we are mentally and physically prepared as I told them it's all it's their job too to make the choice that we're going to be mentally ready to go and so there's no one answer that can guarantee it's going to happen but it won't be from a lack of of effort by myself and our coaching staff to make sure this group is ready I, I plan on changing a little bit of the structure not the overall how we're practicing but maybe the structure and and, and have some more competitive periods early in practice so that it's just like a game. You know, I don't want to go through stretch and then individual and then group work and then team. And that's usually how you kind of structure practice. You go individual, you know, part to whole, right? Individual, group work, team. But I'm probably going to start with some team good on good, 
situations early in practice just to get them in the right mindset of, okay, whenever we say go, it's go. And I'm going to try to do that in practice. And again, even their their first road win was at NC State. They didn't start playing well until there was a two-hour weather delay. They could easily be one and three with that Duke game. They didn't deserve. They didn't deserve to win that game. They just pulled that one out of their hat at the last minute. And the last two games on the road, they've lost both. So it'll be interesting to say. Now, this is the worst of the five opponents that they'll face on the road in Stanford. I was going to say, here's the good news for them is Stanford never gets out to a quick start, it would appear. They have been outscored in the first quarter this year, 80-30. to 30. And then in the second quarter, the Cardinal have been outscored 143-53. to 53. They average 20 points per game. They give up 36 points per game. So if you're wondering and don't know, the record's 3-8. and eight, So that pretty much seals the deal on that part. Well, 3-8, uh, and eight, including a loss to Sacramento State. Ooh. Their wins, they beat Hawaii, they beat Colorado, they beat Washington State. A uh, couple of the games they had that they were reasonably close last week for the big game against Cal... They lost that one 27-15. They're only one point off against Arizona, who's turned into having a decent season this year. Yeah, although I don't think Arizona quite had the confidence then that they're playing with now. Uh, But really, since that win over Colorado, they haven't been very good, and Oregon State blew them out 62-17. 36th all-time meeting between Notre Dame and Stanford. The Irish lead the series 21-14. Last year, of course, Stanford did get the win, 16-14 in South Bend, something Marcus Freeman brought up. You know, look, you don't want to lose to Stanford last year. That was a really bad loss, but at least it's something that he can use this week as motivation for his team to be ready. And motivation, I'm sure, for himself. Because you could tell the way he said that, he's still salty about losing to them a year ago when they shouldn't have because Stanford wasn't very good. Now, Stanford is not that same team. They have a new head coach. Uh, David Shaw, the longtime coach, has departed. Troy Taylor is the new head coach. And they run a very odd offensive system, Chuck. Well, they have two quarterbacks out there. For those of you who follow high school football in (laughs) South Bend, you may remember South Bend, Washington did this back in the year that they went to state. They had two quarterbacks out there. Actually, I think it might have been the year before they went to state. Yeah. But they did that. Antoine Jones, former Notre Dame player. Defensive player, but had two quarterbacks. And it is weird because their two quarterbacks are their two leading rushers. So that is something you don't usually see. They're Ashton Daniels and Justin Lamson. Here's Marcus Freeman on adjusting from the slow mesh of Wake Forest to Stanford's unique gadget set of plays with two different quarterbacks. Yeah, it's funny. I walked into Coach Golden's office on Sunday, and it was like a mad scientist stuff all over the board. I'm like, oh, man. You know, I haven't even started looking at Stanford yet, and uh, they're going to have a lot for you to prepare for. But at the same point, you still want your guys to have the ability to play fast. And so you never can can prepare for everything. You have to have – um, answers for everything, but you can't over prepare for them because now you're going to paralyze your players. They can't they can't play fast, and so I think the greatest thing about it is the ability to have those answers, right? And and we truly had to switch our game plan at halftime to some things we didn't practice all week because of what they were doing. We were practicing against a slow mesh, and and we didn't really see a lot of that slow mesh until um, late in the game, and so. But that's what it's about. It's about its ability to have answers that your players understand. Um, 
and then it's a game of adjustments. And uh, we'll have to do the same thing versus Stanford. Daniels, by far, is the better thrower of the two. He's completing 59% of his passes, 11 touchdowns, but he has been picked off seven times. Lamson has not thrown a touchdown pass yet this year. They Actually, they move Lamson all over the field. They use him as an H-back. They had a big injury at their tight end spot, so they'll put him in at tight end every now and then. The offensive line, though, is just abhorrent for the second week in a row. Notre Dame's defensive line should have a field day. Stanford has given up 37 sacks so far this year. I do like the wide receiver, Aya Manor, that they have. Uh, Alec, I believe, is how you pronounce his first name, and he's got 55 catches for 955 yards. I mean, that's impressive. And six touchdowns. Actually, his 55 catches account for 26% of the Stanford receptions of the year. So when they throw, you have a pretty good shot of knowing who they're going to throw to. So that's an interesting option there. By the way, Notre Dame has no players with 30 catches on the season, and this guy's got 55 catches. So that's something to monitor. By the way, that's their strength is their offense. Well, yeah, and when their strength is their offense, and then you realize that they are 111th in the country in yards per play, and 113th in the country in scoring offense, you say, maybe this isn't that dangerous an animal. Now, I've seen Notre Dame play on the road. I've seen Notre Dame play Stanford plenty of times. You do not take them lightly whatsoever. But this is a game Notre Dame should win. Yeah. Uh, David Bailey's probably their best defensive player, has five sacks on the season. There's no point in going through anyone else because they're giving up 36 points per game. Their favor- Irish are favored by 23. We go back to that soundbite moments ago from Marcus Freeman because you mentioned the stats of how bad Sanford is early on in a game. Yes. And yet Notre Dame has struggled early on in road games. This is the critical thing of this game. If Notre Dame allows Stanford to hang around, then all of a sudden it becomes a game. It's a classic example in sports that if you let the lesser team hang around, they get some confidence and they can. But if you can if you can score early on Stanford, you're probably going to cruise to victory in this game. And I think Freeman is well aware of that. He talked also about changing up the practice plan a little bit this week and going with the the good versus good early in practice to try to create some early competition. He's well aware of the struggles that they've had early in games. He's doing what he can try to do to solve it with this group. And it would be great to see Notre Dame able to cruise to a win. They get their ninth win of the season. They're 9-3. and three. That's 50 wins over the last five seasons. I know this season has been a disappointment to some because the expectations were higher with Sam Hartman coming in at quarterback and a lot of excitement about the second year of Marcus Freeman. I still think there's a chance to make this a successful season if you can win nine games and then go win your bowl game against a quality opponent from the SEC. Here's the weird thing I'm about to say. We thought Notre Dame might go 9-3 and in the regular season and and win nine games they should and three against the bigger opponents. 
they may have lost to the three best teams on their schedule. Oh, there's no question they have because that win over USC gets devalued each and every week. Yeah, and Louisville is is right there. I mean, they lost to Pitt, which is crazy. Otherwise, Louisville will be undefeated right now and have a real shot at making the college football playoff. They're going to play for the ACC championship. So they've had a great year. They still have a shot. And they but- may be favored in that ACC championship game now with Florida State losing Jordan Travis at quarterback. And that's true. And Notre Dame still has plenty to play for in this game because, you know, you win this game, you get, like you said, you get to 9-3, and and then you have the opportunity to get to 10 wins in a season in your bowl game, which is very enticing and is a positive. When you look, when you start talking about seasons that teams had, you say, you say, oh, they had a 10-win season. When we talked about Dabo Swinney, wasn't that one of the things that we talked about? They've had this many consecutive 10-win seasons. Yes. It, I realize it's just one number removed, but there is such a difference in perception over a 10-win season versus a 9-win season. All right, so our poll question was, what happens between Notre Dame and Stanford? The Irish women by 23 or more got 46% of the votes. Irish women by 11 to 22, 35%. Irish women by 10 or less, 16%. Wake wins, not Wake, Stanford wins 3%. Uh, This went probably as I would expect. What do you think happens in this one, Chuck? I look for the Irish defense to be dominant once again. I think Stanford might hit a trick play or something like that to get some points on the board. But I look for Notre Dame to be in command of this one pretty well throughout. I think Audric Estime is going to have a nice game running the football. 38-10, Notre Dame. I think it's just slightly higher scoring on both sides of the ball. I'm going to go with 48 to 17, Notre Dame wins comfortably, but I think Stanford probably, look, the pick game, Wake Forest game, Notre Dame won, blew them out, but it was it was a game still at halftime in both sure. of those games. So I think that may happen yet again here this week as Notre Dame takes on uh, Stanford on the road. But again, as we said, the biggest thing that has to happen in this game is the Irish have to have a good start. They cannot allow Stanford to hang around. And hopefully the decision to go out on Friday doesn't hurt them in terms of any form of jet lag and everything like that in terms of the difference. Because again, as we said, they normally go out on on, on Thursday out west and this time around going out on Friday. But if they can get this win and perhaps... Maybe, as we said, get that matchup against LSU in the bowl game. And you talk about keeping everyone engaged for the bowl game as you're going against Brian Kelly. But all of that gets, you know, we're talking about all the positives that can happen. Right. You, you still have to go out and win this football game. Stanford is a weird place. They run a weird offense. This is their bowl game. They lost the game to Cal. They have to figure out a way to mentally rebound from losing to their first big rival and take on their second big rival because they're not going anywhere else this year. And this could be a momentum builder for the Cardinal if they could pull off an upset for against the Irish. Notre Dame didn't take them seriously last year. Mm. They need to take them seriously this year and go out there and take care of business. And if they don't and they lose... Last year's loss is nowhere near as horrific as this one would be. Correct. This would be this would be a disaster for Marcus Freeman if, if they were to lose this game, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. We don't think it'll happen. We think no. they'll win, but we've seen enough to know it, it, it. anything is possible. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. 
For Angelo DiCarlo, I'm Chuck Freebie. Notre Dame at Stanford, Saturday night at 7 on the Pac-12 Network. We'll be back with you next Monday night at 7 to recap the game, the regular season, and that Marcus Freeman Monday press conference. Thanks for joining us on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix. You've been listening to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Football Fix. You already share their values. Why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Also powered by St. Vincent de Paul Society, Health Markets Tony Letcher, Reliance, Cotton Gin Barbecue Supply Company, and Tire Rack. Executive produced by Corey Mann. Engineered by Thad Hunsberger. Your hosts are Chuck Freebie and Angelo DiCarlo. Also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.